Welcome to The Thought Hackers, the show where you will learn how your mind works and discover how to change your thinking from leading experts and through inspiring stories. Good day, everyone. My name is Nathan Siegel. I'm here with my colleague Hamish Baston out of Australia, and we are The Thought Hackers. Uh, with us today is Richmond Heath, a registered physiotherapist, TRE certification trainer, Pilates instructor, Bowen therapist, and a pioneer in mind, body, health, and well-being for optimal life performance. Having introduced TRE to Australia in 2010, he provides TRE training to individuals and organizations in a wide range of settings, including sports, personal growth and development, occupational stress prevention, and trauma recovery. Richmond holds an advanced diploma of Aboriginal studies from Tranby Aboriginal College in Sydney, was a founding member of the Victorian Menergy Men's Gathering, and has completed contemporary initiation rites into both Darkenjung, which is out of Australia, and Native American traditions. Richmond, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Yeah, well, thanks very much for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. So, if you have my curiosity. For those who are listening, what exactly is TRE? So, look, at its most basic, TRE is a little set of exercises which deliberately invoke what we call a neurogenic shake or a tremor or an autonomic movement, which basically means that the body starts to move itself. So it's not like I'm consciously shaking my leg or my arm, um, but the body actually starts to move it itself. And most people will relate to this because we all experience these things in day-to-day life. You know, if we've had a, uh, a major car accident or a shock, we might start shaking, or many people will experience their body's shaking and tremoring when we're public speaking, for example, or even sometimes if people are really excited, Um, the body will start to shake. And so it's an involuntary movement or a spontaneous movement. And in our Western culture, um, we tend to pathologize it and we just see it as a sign of being, you know, weak, scared, vulnerable or in shock. So if someone's shaking after a car accident, we would go, oh, that's a sign that they're in shock. Or if you're a soldier and you've returned from your, your tour and you've got starting to get tremors, then the doctors will just tick it off as a symptom of PTSD or anxiety. But no one in the West has really looked at or considered what is the point of this shaking or tremoring uh, movement, which is actually it's part of the body's primary recovery resource to basically discharge and release our you know, fight, flight and freeze responses and to restore the body back to a calm, relaxed place. Yeah. Agreed. And I've, I've heard this before. I've encountered it before. And yeah, it's one of the feelings of our society that we, well, there's, I think sometimes there's a certain amount of arrogance in our society that we think we know everything about uh, the body, the way it functions, the mind, and so on. And we have a tendency to discount some of these things as, as you say, being weak or deficient or something like that. Yeah, and look, you know, in, again, in our medical model, um, partly because of the, the traditional split split between the mind and the body, so anyone with, you know, mental health issues, we're, we're dealing with mental health. So the body's largely been overlooked, and thankfully in the trauma therapy world now, people are starting to really incorporate and look at the primary role of the body, because ultimately our stress and trauma responses are, first of all, are primarily a body-based response. They're not conscious responses. And so this is where... Um, 
it, this tremor mechanism is just something that's been, as I say, overlooked and not just overlooked, actually, it's already interpreted as a negative and a symptom. So, you know, we give you medication to control these tremors, whereas many traditional cultures around the world have deliberately used this tremor mechanism for, you know, health, well-being, healing and spirituality. And they've recognized it not just in themselves, but also in the animal kingdom where there's some, you know, more research into this mechanism. And so they've been inquisitive and noticed that what's what is it actually doing and is primarily one of the the main things is it's calming the nervous system and discharging discharging stress and restoring the body back to a calm relaxed place you know people sometimes think about it dumping adrenaline or you know blowing off the steam and and all the neuromuscular tension that comes along with our stress and trauma responses so unfortunately in the west it's it is pathologized so it's not that there's any research about it and it's similar in a way to crying you know there's no research to say that crying is helpful, but it doesn't take research to actually know that having a decent cry after an event actually helps free us up, releases the diaphragm, our breathing returns, and our body starts to restore back to a, a calm, relaxed, natural place. But unfortunately, in the West, um, yeah, it's still pathologized and, and it's seen within this existing psychological sort of paradigm. It, it is interesting what you have to say about it because a number of years ago, when I became a part of a spiritual tradition, uh, one of the things that happened, and it was a group called Siddha Yoga. One of the things that happened was something called um, Divya Diksha, uh, Kundalini Initiation. And if that happened, it would create a major release of energy. It happened to me, that's why I know. And Kundalini Awakening, I experienced it. And, um, and one of the after effects are these... Um, well, I don't know if I would call them tremors. They called them kriyas, which meant for spontaneous yogic movements. And at different times going through this, my body would go through all sorts of um, shakes, mudras, as they call them, like uh, hand positions, all sorts of stuff. And fortunately, I was in an atmosphere of this group where all of this was completely normal, completely natural, totally supported. And because of that, I was able to experience everything that happened without being afraid that something was seriously wrong with me. Mm. And look, there's two things there. First of all, one of the one of the great gifts of David Berselli, who was the TRE founder, is that he was uh, working as like a relief worker and worked in many different cultures and, and countries around the world. And so what he was able to recognize is that each culture has a different interpretation about what this what these involuntary or autonomic or neurogenic or spontaneous movements are. So, you know, in that culture and belief system where, okay, it's Kundalini awakening and, and all that sort of stuff. Whereas if you go to the Kalahari Bushmen, you know, the, they, they're part of their cultural identity. They're the guys from the, um, you know, in, in, in Africa who were in the film, the gods might be, must be crazy. Mm. So for them, they also recognize it and use this tremoring mechanism. They don't call it kundalini um you know if you've got christian mystics who would also have a similar experience potentially in the body or there's um, bioenergy movement out of bali in japan there's been practices such as seiki jutsu and um, katsung jun i don't know how to pronounce the other one but it's well recognized in all these different cultures that there's this spontaneous movement reflex in the body and what we've tended to do is then to you know, fit that into our belief system. So it becomes, oh, this is a kundalini, which is not to say that it's not, but the gift of David Berselli is having seen all these different cultures is recognizing there's something that's beyond culture, which is actually innate in our human organism, which is also innate in mammals. 
And this is really what he's he's done. And in a way, TRE is just a way of framing into the latest belief system in the West, which is neuroscience. So we'll talk about how it's affecting the autonomic nervous system and the brain stem. And, but in a way, it's no different to any other, any other culture where we just frame it in a way so our egos and minds can say, hey, this is okay, let it happen. And the second thing in relation to that, what you know, you were very lucky where you said you had that experience in a supported environment. Now, my personal experiences, my first experience of these autonomic movements was at a Vipassana 10-day meditation retreat. And when my body started to move, the teachers told me to sit still. And at some point, I thought, well, I'm going to go with Buddha and I'm just going to observe and see what happened. And, um, you know, it was an extraordinary opening. And but my whole family and my whole culture around me were basically saying, oh, you've gone crazy, you're manic, you've lost control. And not to doubt that there wasn't a, you know, a huge opening and ungroundedness in it at the time, but the it wasn't actually supported, so I wasn't really encouraged to go further into it. Now, a great example in terms of how this relates to shakes and tremors is when we think about panic attacks. So currently, if you start to get a palpating heart and your body starts to shake, just about every medical model in the West will say that's a panic attack, it's a symptom, we need to prevent it. Simply reframing that, how would it be, what would happen if someone was to come along and say that's not a panic attack, that's a panic discharge. That is actually your body. Yes, you are panicked, you are having, you've got anxiety, your body's in a flight mode, but the shaking and tremoring is not something to suppress. It's actually your body's natural recovery resource, which is trying to help you recover and discharge that flight response to get you back to a, to, a, to a calm, relaxed place. And this is where simply reframing and normalizing and understanding the role of this tremor mechanism and not pathologizing it without any research that it is a pathological thing has such profound um, impact upon people because all of a sudden, instead of trying to suppress this recovery resource, we can actually allow it and let it do its job. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant way to reframe it because when we look at that word, when we put that attack word next to the panic attack it's yeah all the defenses start coming up and, we, and all the fear and everything starts really hitting in again but when you say it's a discharge it's it's getting it out it's a great way of reframing it and when you remove words like attack it's just panic release it's energy release energy discharge changes the entire thing and and lets people know especially people who are listening to us and going oh I'm not crazy. Oh, I'm not going insane when this happens. Oh, it's a discharge of energy. Yeah. Richmond, I'm going to take you just on a little explanation for our listeners, if you can. Looking at two different types of trauma where, and I know you might go into your story a little bit, where even at um, you know, birth trauma or having, having trauma from a very young age, abuse, neglect, whatever, as a very young child and living that with that for years, decades. And then also the trauma where it's very sudden. It could be that car accident where your passenger has died next to you or whatever it is. It's that sudden trauma uh, which locks, locks in that fight or flight straight away. What to, how would you work with those two different scenarios of trauma where it's been years or decades or sudden and instant with the TRE? Yeah. So look, in sort of pure TRE terms, we're just going to be doing the exact same thing, which will be activating this, you know, tremor or involuntary autonomic 
movement mechanism because it will be the thing that will help to downregulate the nervous system. Um, in terms of someone who's been through a shock trauma one-off, then often what you'll find is that if the body's able to go through the discharge and deactivate that flight or fight or ultimately with trauma, it's a freeze response that hasn't actually yes. been able to move, then if that happens, then you can actually get some quite you know remarkable results. What really interests me, though, is going, well, that's great. Now what? Um, now that I've dealt with that car accident trauma, and that's obviously really significant people who are, who are dealing with that. But for me, the big picture is then going, okay, well, now what? I'm still walking around in a body where I've got tension and bracing and holding, um, you know, basically from my past. And when you talk about the developmental trauma, then often people who've had you know, a lack of experience of, of creating a healthy, safe nervous system in day-to-day -day life, then they may need additional support in terms of how they then, um, you know, re almost retrain and, and work in relationships because so much developmental trauma is relationship-based. Yes. And part of it is recognising that, um, you know, our brainstem and our limbic system, so those subcortical unconscious areas that fire off our fight, flight and freeze responses, they're fully online in I think about the second trimester. So what it means is to our body, not our conscious mind or our conscious ego, but to our body, everything from that time on, even without going into, you know, intergenerational trauma or trauma and, you know, euro or, um, you know, genetic things that are passed down through genetic lines, it means that our bodies are responding and developing these fight, flight and freeze responses. And um, you know, I think what's really valuable, and Hamish, you'd relate to this with your NLP background, is the way we think about and language mm. trauma. And, and lots of people, they'll talk to me and they'll say, oh, you know, I've got trauma, I've got unresolved trauma. And when we actually ask people, what is it? What actually is trauma? Most people will tend to think of it as a noun. It's like something. We say, I've got a panic attack. I'm being attacked by something outside myself. Yes. I like to really be clear and reframe it to people that trauma, when we talk about trauma, even if I've had a car accident yesterday and I'm still feeling something, trauma is actually a verb in that it's something that the body is actively doing at the time. So if I'm feeling anxious, it's a flight response being reactivated. If I'm feeling angry, it's a fight response. If I'm numb, shut down, depressed, it's my freeze response. And what's valuable about this reframing is when we understand that what we think of as trauma symptoms is an active, uh, an, an active action or it's, it's something the body is doing at the time, then it also opens, opens us up to understand that if we can just simply get the body to turn off that fight, flight, freeze response, because right now it's not needed, you know, my body's still activated. If we can help the body to turn that off, then we don't have to keep firing off these habitual fight, flight, mm. freeze responses, which we call the symptoms of trauma. Yes. And that's why the, the tremor mechanism is useful because that is part of the way that the body discharges the neuromuscular components, the physical tension, the urge to move. Because ultimately our fight, flight and freeze response and all our emotional responses in terms of the defensive ones, they're about movement. And in our culture, we tend to lose that. We tend to think more about the cognitions and the thoughts if we're, if we're more body-orientated, we often then get focused on our emotions and what we're feeling, but we often lose getting deeper into the language of the body and actually connecting with using language to describe movement in the body, my diaphragm contracting or releasing or there's a vibration in my hands. So this is where the tremors start to really help us not just discharge because part of the movement that returns through the tremors is it reawakens movement, which is part of the way the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system 
communicate. So effectively, it's not just about releasing trauma, but by allowing movement to come back to parts of the body that have held tension and been numb and disconnected, it's actually a process that helps us embody as well. And so through that, it starts to develop maturity and capacity in the nervous system. So we have greater capacity to meet the challenges like you were talking about, Nathan, in the future. Yeah, it's very interesting what you're saying about these these tremors and what uh, the, and the biggest problem that we have in the West is our interpretation of that. It's because our many people in our culture that will say something like this is wrong or or deficient or whatever, and as you say, try to medicate it. But if we were to just allow these things to be, things might just dissipate and heal and resolve themselves without. Uh, other interference, for lack of a better word. Yeah, that's right. And that that's the question where currently in our medical model where these movements are pathologized, potentially, and there's, I don't have any research to back this up, but potentially the sad thing is that we're actually inhibiting, whether that's personally, because we don't like to look weak or scared or we think that we're out of control, and also medically and even uh, with medications at times, we're potentially inhibiting the exact reflex that the body's wanting to initiate to restore itself back to health. And we're actually preventing that. And it may be potentially increasing the likelihood of people, um, you know, developing PTSD and having unresolved trauma. And again, part of the the value of this process, because it's so body-based, is it's one thing to say, you know, we often think that, that you know, trauma's gone because I'm not thinking about or I'm not having any psycho-emotional response. But part of our freeze response, because it's such a body-based thing, is it can mean that we are bracing and holding, you know, all the books lately that, you know, the body keeps the score, the body bears the burden, the body remembers. So coming back to a point you sort of mentioned earlier there, um, you know, Nathan, for me, after doing a few months of TRE, I discovered, even though I'd been teaching Pilates and doing all this pelvic floor work, I discovered when I was talking to someone one day, I felt a bit tense. I took a breath and relaxed, and my pelvic floor let go and hit the floor. It was it was a total stunning moment, and I thought in that moment, wow, I've been walking around, squeezing my bum on for 40 years, and I've got no idea. And so this is the way that unresolved trauma gets carried around in the body, and if we're only looking at the psycho-emotional components, you could say, gee, there's that guy, Richmond, he doesn't look traumatized. But if you look at his body and you go, wow, look at those muscles are squeezing on, look at that lack of breath the holding, the tension in the shoulders, they are all basically trauma patterns that are unresolved. And so this is what excites me beyond just the shock, you know, using TRE for shock trauma. Um, and for me, that's not really the main thing. I mean, people can use it for, as a trauma treatment. But what's more interesting for me is doing this ongoing work helps the body start to release these areas of unconscious tension and holding. So it's starting to free up the physiology of the body so that, you know, my bum's more relaxed or I've got more breath. So it's not just about getting rid of trauma, but actually about finding more vitality. Mm. And a lot of that developmental trauma we talk about is this sense of going, my physiology in my body doesn't feel free to be completely open and relaxed simply walking around day-to-day life. And it's not necessarily because day-to-day life is not safe. It's because we've got these unresolved bracing tension and holding patterns from our past and often what's in between that muscular tension and full freedom is this autonomic movement which we don't allow to occur. So we can keep the symptoms of trauma at bay 
but it's going to show up in our physiology, whether that's neuromuscular tension that will catch up with us when we're 65, or it could come out as chronic disease. And, you know, when we're 75, for example, you know, with the veterans, military veterans dying so much younger than, than other populations. So they may look okay, but this physiology is still carrying it around. Now, and one of the things I'm curious about is like these exercises, I, I know you can't demonstrate something like that over a podcast, but in, in terms of the exercises, somebody shows up, they've got these different issues and you start to work with them. What, what's the first thing that you do? Yeah, so look, I mean, if people are interested, I don't, this isn't my own, but there is uh, David Berselli, the founder, he has an app which is called Stressless TRE, and that's got the exercises and, you know, all the precautions and information, because the vast majority of people are going to be absolutely okay using these this process, and a small percentage of people may need help and therapeutic guidance to learn to regulate them. Um, but even, you know, when I started with TRE, it was a series of exercises fatiguing the legs and the lower back, but our bodies actually have all the time a, a small fine tremor that's just a normal resting tremor that we're not aware of. And so simply with, with TRE, when I would introduce it to people, people would be lying on their backs, will lift their knees up um, to a certain position so the muscles start to fatigue. And anyone's experienced that, you know, if you've been at the gym or you're holding a weight. Now, by maintaining that little wobble and connecting with it because it's already there, you we then start to allow that to build and and start to move. So using muscular fatigue is the way that we activate the tremors. And part of the beauty of this is you don't have to talk about your story. You don't have to recall past events. We're just activating this mechanism. That's not to deny the value of sharing your story and doing that sort of thing. Don't, don't get me wrong. But, for example, you know, military people, emergency services, traditionally guys, we don't want to sit around and talk about what happened. We don't want to talk about our emotions. But if we use this physical exercise to invoke this tremor reflex, then the physiology of the body can actually start to discharge and downregulate and relax. And if we can do that soon after the event, if we can keep coming back to letting the organism and the physiology of the body relax, then we don't necessarily get t uh, PTSD because the body has actually resolved the physiology. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You're explaining everything so well. I've heard of it, but never really looked into it and what it was. I can really see the benefit of what, what it will do for people. Yeah. Yeah, and look, and part of what I love about my job is, you know, I feel very blessed to be doing it because, mm. you know, with a physio background and a biomechanical background, once I sort of was introduced to this and when David Berselli first came out to Australia and I kind of heard the theory and the neuroscience behind it, which kind of yes. make, made sense, you know, my first thing was just going, I cannot believe I haven't been taught this. I cannot believe that we don't know this and that we're still working with stress and trauma in these other ways. And unfortunately... Um, you know, in the way the Western world is because of our evidence base and, yes. and needing to have all the research, there's real limitations in terms of introducing it to people because the default setting of, of anyone in that field is, of course, we know where's the evidence base, where's the research base. And even though it's been taught to you know, millions of people around the world and traditional cultures have been deliberately using it for millennia, mm. unfortunately, in our medical model, we still have to say, well, okay, we can't really advise it or do it or teach it. So it's yeah. been very much... a a grassroots thing but the beauty is that the theory the neuroscientific theory behind it when people hear that and we understand you know the polyvagal theory that Stephen Porges uh you know developed that's just anyone who's dealing with stress and trauma if you don't know what the polyvagal theory is 
and how that applies, then you just simply have to learn it because it reframes the autonomic nervous system away from what we were taught or I was taught at uni, which is we've got fight and flight and rest and digest, and it's one or the other. We've got high arousal or not enough arousal, and they're opposite ends of the spectrum, whereas Porges's polyvagal theory shows how the body goes into fight and flight mode, hyperarousal, and if that doesn't deal with our stresses, it goes into the freeze mode, which looks like we've got low energy and we could have a low heart rate, we could have low respiration, but it's actually a more heightened state of the nervous system. Yep. So, for example, depression, you know, we think it's a disorder of low energy, whereas if you look at it from a trauma-informed model, you're saying, well, actually, depression is because the body is actively creating a state of low energy, which is the freeze or the flop response. So, again, when we start to look at trauma and stress patterns of saying the body is actively creating this now it also opens up the the opportunity that the body can instantly drop that pattern um you know a lot of us have the analogy of oh you know i've got my trauma i carried around on my stress it's like a bucket and it's almost full and then the smallest thing just fills it up and it all mm. flows over yell at the kids and that and that's useful in some degree however what it means is we often have an unconscious belief of going, well, I've got 20 years filling up my bucket. It's going to take me 20 years to recover. Yes. That, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. that may be true. Whereas when people understand, go, in this moment, for whatever reason in all that information that's coming into our unconscious, my body has got a, a procedural or a habitual or an instinctual response to stay in this fight, flight or bracing position. When we recognize that all we really need is for the body to let that go and mm. connect to a, a sense of safety in the body, then the body can just drop it. It can, it can be. It doesn't, it's not always, don't get me wrong, but it just opens up the potentiality that we're going, the body just needs to come back to find safety and then it softens and it lets go. Mm. Um, it just means that the whole process doesn't have to be necessarily a long, laborious thing. And, and yet at the same time, once I let that go and I go, gee, I feel amazing. I've just done this tremor session. I feel incredible. Well, I know that the next day when I tremor, I'm going to become aware of the next layer of tension in my body. It could be behind my knee or in my shoulder yeah. that we're generally not aware of until someone comes and pushes on it. And then we go, oh, my God, I've got all this tension. And again, this is the value of TRE beyond saying, oh, we're just going to use it as a treatment modality. It's something that can actually help reawaken us to life and reawaken our vitality when we start to understand that all these muscular tension patterns we have, you know, the stiff neck that I have to have the perfect pillow to sleep on, it's not because I haven't got my spine in the right alignment. It's because my body is still bracing and holding and it hasn't got its free movement. And when we return movement or we allow the body to return movement through these autonomic movements, it's not just about saying, oh, I've got less trauma, but the body is now free to move and to breathe and to take in life and express so we have an opportunity to live more fully and freely as our authentic selves. Mm. Oh, look, when you started off what you were talking about just then and coming into the TRE yourself and thinking, wow, you know, where, is this, where has this been all my life and why is it not being used mainstream? It's, I had the same thing with NLP. It's like wow, this stuff is so simple and it's so effective. Um, but the beliefs that are being created in society, particularly you know, the Western world, it's here's a medication and live with it for the rest of your life. But bringing, bringing people like yourself to the table here that our listeners can um, listen to and the different modalities, there are so many really effective modalities around such as what you're doing. And I'm, I'm looking at what I do with NLP and sort of 
you know, then then leading someone into doing this as well, or go and do this first, and then come and do some NLP, whatever it is. These things can blend together so well to get really good results without the medication. Yeah, well, that's right. Absolutely, they they support each other. And you know, for me, very much, medication is like a pair of crutches. If you've got a broken leg, you need your you, know, you need your pair of crutches. So medication can be a really useful uh, useful thing. Um, but also the work you're you know that what you're talking about there, Hamish, is that our belief system is is actually in our body and so this is one of the beauties where as the physiology of the body changes what a lot of people will experience with tre is going into a situation where normally their body would react in a certain way you know they get scared or angry and then they'll go wow i noticed that that just didn't it didn't happen it wasn't there but also what's really critical for people to understand is in our western medical model we have a restorative linear model which is basically i've got a problem I see the therapist, they cut it out, they take it away, and I go from discomfort straight to comfort. Now, what's so important about the polyvagal, uh, the polyvagal theory and how tremors relate to this is that in that model where we realize that the pain is like a, a part of the freeze immobility response, often what's between our current way of being in our organism and our body and real freedom is these movements or these discharges or emotions or all sorts of different things that potentially come up. And so one of the key aspects of TRE as a model is understanding how the body unwinds trauma over time. Because our conscious mind is only designed to be aware of whatever it can cope with at the time. So I can walk around for 40 years, have no idea that my butt muscles are clenched on because basically my body is still in a terror state just simply being alive. And consciously, I think I'm having a great day. I feel great. I haven't got any pain. And it's this lack of movement, though, that's showing up ultimately, am I really traumatized or am I really free? And so the aspect of using the tremors helps us go deeper into ourselves beyond just the conscious mind's awareness of I'm feeling good. Mm. And it's like really the body is the litmus the body is the litmus test or the litmus paper yep. that shows us what's really going on. And often when we tremor into our body, we get more connected with our body. Sometimes what happens is we actually find we're more reactive than we might have been in a past situation. And in our Western medical model, we'd say, oh, my God, now you've got symptoms. Mm. Whereas the beauty of Porges's polyvagal model, and this is why it's so important for people to understand this, is that as we come out of our frozen trauma state because that freeze state it's not just about immobility it's about disconnecting my conscious mind from what's happening in my body so that often what happens in the trauma journey is the first thing that happens is you start to feel more um someone described it uh i can't remember who it was but they said you know part of the journey it's not necessarily about feeling better it's about getting better at feeling (laughs) and this is when, when we look at the trauma model of going there's a split between my conscious mind and what i'm aware of And my physical body, my butt squeezed on, but I'm not aware of it. And for me, a lot of that was developed around, you know, boarding school and in a real, uh, you know, we called it ragging. We didn't call it bullying. Um, And being in an environment of just being on hyper alert and learning to brace and be insecure. And so that can get carried around in the body. And then the first instance might be as we start to connect with it, we actually may become more aware of feeling anxious or nervous and in our medical model, which tends to be give me the tablets, take the pain away, it's really important that we reframe and understand how this journey of unwinding trauma and connecting to ourselves plays out over time so we can make sense of when 
okay, now I've got shakes and tremors. I've been in Iraq. I've come back. I didn't have tremors in Iraq, which kind of partly will mean that I'm disconnected because I have to do my job as a soldier. That's totally a skill. But when we come back to a place of safety, the body starts to shake and tremor. And now if that's pathologized, we shut that down rather than recognizing this is the body coming out of freeze. We become more aware of it. And ultimately, if the body's shaking, it's letting us know that we're safe. We often go, oh, the body's shaking. I don't feel safe. But the body will only ever shake and tremor or move when it is safe to do so. Yep. It's another another thing if our ego likes it. So, yeah, there's just huge potential for this mechanism. And it doesn't have to – the beauty is it doesn't have to be TRE. So, for example, you could be a counsellor. And what's important is if someone's telling their story and their body's starting to shake and cry or they're starting to sob – is that we actually stay with the body. So you can activate this natural mechanism many ways. You know, some people would be say, let's get up in front of an audience naked and tell us about yourselves and their body's going to start to shake and tremor. Or you can talk about the most painful trauma of your life and your body will go into the tremor. But what often happens is that in our talk therapies, we then come out of that body experience and go back into the story and what happened and talk about our feelings and our emotions, which isn't wrong or bad, but we must then incorporate what's happening in the physiology of the body. And if we do that, then talk therapy can be just as uh, effective and useful at accessing this natural recovery reflex as we can do it with, you know, just through doing the exercises to invoke it. Yeah, that's, that's been really amazing. So for, for those who have been listening to us this evening, if they want to get more information about what you do, where would they go? Yeah, so look, if, if they're in Australia, then they could just look up treaustralia.com.au but those people who are globally then the best place to get access is at the website traumaprevention.com and that's uh, Dr. David Berselli's the TRE founders website and that's really the global uh, that's really the global hub for workshops and trainings that's all around the world and you know there are things as I mentioned the stressless TRE app um, you know you can get books and webinars and that sort of thing but for most people, you'll get the most benefit if you learn with the TRE provider, someone who's trained in it, or you attend a workshop. And I personally, you know, I really encourage people to go to workshops because what happens is we need to actually understand, like I talked a little bit about earlier, how does the body unwind over time? So, yes, I did my tremoring. I feel better about my car accident, but that's really only just scratching the surface and there's yeah. so much more available. And understanding, oh, okay, I've been tremoring for three months now I'm feeling a little bit more anxious, hang on, this is wrong and bad, is actually understanding, no, that's not. It's actually the first step in becoming aware of how frozen and traumatized we are because we start to connect more deeply to the body and we start to see these patterns of where we're still bracing and holding. So that can be really important for people so that they don't just try it and if it doesn't fix everything instantaneously, they go, oh, that doesn't work. I'll try the next thing. Mm -hmm. And it becomes something we can use for the rest of your life. But the beautiful thing I love about it is you can lie in bed, bring your knees up and activate this tremor mechanism on a regular basis. We, you know, It could not be a simpler process to start to use this tremor mechanism on your own, yep. um, you know, as I say, as a tool for, for not just releasing trauma but gaining more life and vitality. Yep. Right. Okay. Thank you so much for everything you've shared with us tonight. It's been quite illuminating. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Richmond. It's, um, yeah, learning a whole new modality. It's fantastic. Yeah, so. for sure. I, I know for sure I'm going to have to look up the resources you've given us because I definitely want to learn more.
Oh, I'm I'm yeah. going to go and meet Richmond. He's only up the road, so I'm going to. Have yeah, a well, you've got a slight advantage over me. I'm just a few thousand yeah, miles. Right. Oh, more than happy to make a trip to Canada if you want me. That's for sure. Well, I'm not in Canada. I'm I'm in Mexico, actually. Oh, even but... better, warmer. What's that? Even better. That's a bit warmer. It's a lot warmer. All anyway, right. so. For those of you who've been listening to us tonight, my name is Nathan Siegel. I'm with my colleague Hamish Baston out of Australia. We are the Thought Hackers, and with us too this evening has been uh, Richmond Heath and talking about TRE. So thanks very much for joining us. We will catch you in the next episode. You've been listening to the Thought Hackers. Make sure you subscribe and get each new episode emailed straight to you so you don't miss a show. And have a look at our resources page where you will find programs, audios and books that will create change in your thoughts.